you this morning. Now we're starting to see some of the visitors roll in. God bless you. Nice to have you here with us. And man, we're going to have a wonderful week, and we're going to have a wonderful service this morning. Amen. I'd like to sing with you the goodness of God. Be flat if we could, please. Amen. Just thinking on these lyrics this morning, all my life, Lord, you have been faithful. It might be much that we don't understand, but we can look back and we get to see God's hand all across our lives, even through those times that we didn't know what he was doing. It's good to know that we have served a God whose ways are perfect. And so let's sing this together as we just enter into worship now and prepare for the ministering of the word. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. Yes, all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that
Again, no fate I dread, no fate I dread. I know I am forgiven, my future sure, the price it has been paid for He and suffered for my pardon. Then He was Maybe the brothers would just come prepare for the morning offering. Brother Murphy, it's nice to have you home. Could I have you maybe come open the service for us in a word of prayer, if you would? We do want to continue to remember our sister Eleanor Drake. She's still home and struggling with her health after the episode on Wednesday and needing a touch from the Lord. Also, our sister Paola Mendez is asking we please continue to remember her daughter Maria, who's in need of a healing. Amen. So just continue to remember our sister Maria, sister Eleanor. If there's a need on your heart, God sees every need, many needs amongst the body. And Brother Murphy, would you come please and open the service for us? Thank you. Let's bow our head. Oh God, how we thank you, Lord. 
can surely see this amazing grace that has saved us. It's amazing grace that it kept us all the way through. Father, we want to give you thanks, Lord. Our heart was filled with rejoice, filled with thanksgiving. How thankful we are, Lord, to live in as the darkest age ever, but yet shining the light so bright. To live in a so evil age, but live a such a holy life. Lord, to live in the age that is full of confusion, but yet we have a such a clear and some mind. To live in this world that is no absolute, but Lord, yet we have a such an absolute holding true that in our heart and know where we're coming from and know where we're going and know there's nothing in this world can take us down, but only one force can pull us up, Lord. Lord, we're waiting for that rapture moment. Lord, yet on this earth we're battling, but Lord, we'll never be defeated. Because, Lord, we're marching on with an undefeated message. We're marching on with an undefeated Savior. We're marching on with the undefeated, that grace of God that are holding us from the beginning to the end. Oh, God. Lord, we're not talking about a rocket road, but Lord, we're talking about the road that are full of grace, full of honor, that are full of love of and support of our dear Lord Jesus. How we love you, Lord. Lord, it's so easy to love you when the experience become a real. It's so easy, Lord, to say praise be at our God when we experience you every day, Lord, from morning to night. Say the hand of God upholding us and, the, and supporting us, Lord, to leading us and guiding us. Lord, even sometime when we fall, it's the tender hand of Jehovah pick us up and to go on further. Lord, even sometime when we go through the darkest channel, Lord, seemingly there's no direction, seemingly don't know where to go but lord is that a little light that the lord is guiding us and guiding us through lord we want to give you thanks this morning we thank you lord we without our whole heart we want to say our whole life we want to give it to you lord and may your name be glorified in the bride of jesus christ in everything that we do lord and may you be pleased lord and may everything that we think that may you be pleased father we give you all the thanks and all the honor Lord, have made our life just leave us such a life out of Jesus Christ. When people saw us, that they can say, this is Jesus Christ living in the flesh. Lord, we're not looking for the future, but we are now the bride of Jesus Christ. We're now, we're reflecting in the image of our God. Give you all the thanks, Lord. Lord, have we remember our dear sister Eleanor. Lord, we don't know what it costs. Lord, for her sickness, but Lord, we know there is only one great physician that it can be touched by the feeling of an infirmity. Our body may be getting weak, getting older, but Lord, there is an inner man is refreshed and renewed every day. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will go to it, our dear sister, raise her up, Lord. We rebuke that of the demon that it tried to it, that affected her. But Lord, but Lord, we know there is a one that is greater than the one that is on the outside world. She has been living the life that is worthy of the gospel. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, not only just a strengthen in an outside body, but, Lord, a strengthen in an inside body too, Lord. Let her raise it up so that we can all worship it together. And that all the other need, Lord, we put them in one patch 
package and to stitch them up and to present it into the altar. Lord, that we ask that the Holy Spirit of taking care of every one of them. Lord, and no matter how weak their body is, Lord, you are the one that gave it the strength. Lord, even in need of the deliverance, Lord, that this is the day that it can be delivered. This is the day where we worship you and the let the Lord, you'll be so pleased you're coming down to deliver to the people that are in the darkness, Lord, that the people that don't know you may today be their day, that they know their Jesus in the reality way. May the backslider, maybe as a peaceful, they seems like, maybe as a something, maybe it doesn't even show up, but Lord, you know what is exactly their heart position. You know exactly the condition of their life. So Lord, not for rebuking them, but that the love of God just goes through, then the penetrate is through, that every hindrance, every blockage the devil made, and the seek them out and then bring them home, Lord. If they're not in their out to be condition, Lord, that a word coming forth, that it goes through, Lord, Lord, tear down every hindrance, tear down every blockage, Lord, and go to them. Let them realize there's an answer in the word of a God. There's a one can deliver. There's a one can lift them up to the heavenly places, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We believe you it was a full expectation because we believe there will be the full word of a God being manifested this morning. But through your servant and brother Tom, Lord, we give you all the glory and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. As we take up the offering, maybe we can just sing that. Song Christ the Transforming Light Touches This Heart of Mine. Give F. And I'm going to invite our brother Michael Gindo, Sister Jessica Funk, if you'd like to come at this time and prepare for your special as well. And Christ the Transforming Light, yes, he touches this heart of mine. Piercing the dark.
Come, Jesus, wonderful. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? All the world can come to him and have their sins removed. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Son of God and one of us, the lover of our souls. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Eternal King, you will reign forever, and we will sing the glory of your name. Be lifted high for all the world to see, your name is all we need, your name is all we need.
testimony and a report from our brother Glenn from his past trip. You can go ahead and come at this time if you would. We have another special after this. We want to give brother Tom all the time he needs for the word this morning. Amen. God bless you, brother Glenn.
Wonderful. Amen. It's so humbling. A lot of songs went through my mind that I'd love to sing now. You just get so inspired by these testimonies, but we'll just move along and have our last special before our brother Tom comes. Amen. God bless you.
God. I'd like you to, um, maybe next time when you sing that song, because I want to hear it again, that last time I'm unworthy of the blood, because we've caught a revelation of this hour, that the bride's worthy of the blood. All right? You know, there's a, a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing has happened in our generation. God, rich in mercy, sent us Malachi 4. And Malachi 4 was to introduce us to the Lord Jesus Christ, back to the Word of God. And back to sonship, amen, back to daughtership, amen, we're free people, we're not bound by a denomination, we're not bound by nothing, but love, we're bound by love, and so nice to be in the house of God, thank you for the special, it was very wonderful, and says Jess. And Michael, where are you, Michael? Very good. Wonderful. Well, we have a lot of visitors this morning. We've got a big event coming up. And uh, I can't think of, uh, of course, we've done a numerous numbers of weddings, but it's my first grandson marrying a lovely, lovely sister in Christ, Sister Jess. We just trust that it'll be a wonderful, wonderful experience for you both. And, and, and that will be on Thursday, right? Do you know the time, Jack? What time? 11 o'clock. Just making sure. Just making sure. So we want to welcome you all this morning, all the visitors that are here amongst us. I want to bring you greetings, of course, from Brother Biscal, Sister Biscal. Always want, they always want to have their love and greetings uh, given to you, and, and uh, they pray and think of you often. Love you much. Matt, nice to see you. It's nice to have you here. Amen. Matthew, we have some unsung heroes within the church. And um, we have Brother uh, the Lardidier family that have labored in this church to make this such a clean environment for us. Matt has been the, the master builder at the camp and keeping it so that our children can enjoy an environment and for that, Brother Matthew Bagnonis, thank you so much. God bless you.
God bless you. Amen. I know you don't like that stuff, but it's okay, Matt. You can put a smile on your face. I wanted to say to the teachers, uh, to the school, it was a fantastic evening. Um, I was so proud of our staff, proud of our mothers, proud of our students. Outstanding. Just outstanding. I wish, you know, I mean, we wouldn't have a school without the vision, of course, of Brother Biscoll. And I thought, well, how, how do we uh, rearrange this so that we actually have um, a place where they, you know, can have a platform? We'll bust out the wall and build it and put a curtain in. Kim, can you redesign that for us? I know you can do that in your spare time now you're retired. <laughs> but for you young people, uh, God bless you. And I know there's a lot of visitors and different ones. Your lives are a testimony to them. And um, I thank God for you. Kadiva Benice. <laughs> Did that surprise somebody? Hey, you didn't know I could speak a little French. <laughs> I have a good friend that I have met over the years. I have not seen Brother Rock for, oh, I, it's going on a lot of years. But Brother Rock. Sister Jacqueline, God bless you. Lovely to have you here. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Rock, Sister Jacqueline Fontaine, I think they put me on one of my first horse, horse trips. And never forgotten. Never forgotten. Marielle, I guess you must be very happy in one way, and, but we're happy that you're here. Uh, this is Jess's mother. We want to welcome you also and all the family. God bless you all. <laughs> Amen. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to give away my title for the, the little message on, um, on Thursday. But I, I trust it will be appropriate. I try, I'm looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen. Sorry for preaching so long last week. So long that uh, it didn't even render right down to the full service on the, on the Internet. I, go, hey, that's, I get phone calls saying, hey, what happened to your service? I said, I don't know. I didn't even know how long I preached. I said, oh, I'm a little longer because it was a baby dedication. They said, no, it's still two hours. I am so sorry. I haven't done that for years. But it, apparently you were pulling pretty good. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed myself. And, and thank you for pulling and making the service what it was. Um, it's nice to have Brother Murphy and the family back. Amen. Amen. <laughs> These are maybe long, not long time, not long time away, but it's a much needed time away. And uh, Brother Murphy, we prayed for you and wanted the Lord to restore your strength. Brother Tim just texted me, just coming out, wanted to give his love and greetings, wrapping up his services in Ethiopia, then uh, traveling to Germany, and then I think he will be home, right, Sarah? He will be home. And so we're looking forward to that. Well, I'm sure he'll have a tremendous report. Brother Tim just seems to have just a wonderful way to bring in the report. And so that will be happening when Brother Tim gets home. 
And uh, other than that, anybody else want to make an announcement? <laughs> All right, yes. One more? Oh, happy birthday, Brother Ryan Hayes. Forty. I wasn't going to tell anybody, but we might as well tell the world. <laughs> Since we're hooked up around the world. <laughs> God bless you, Brother Ryan. You don't look a day over 30, so there you go. A good friend of mine had a birthday yesterday, Brother Timothy Anatoko. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate your burden, your family. You've meant so much to us. Many of us are May babies. So you're, uh, we won't ask everybody to stand because there's a bunch of June babies. But uh, May is a, seems to be a month that... Um, uh, well, what can I say? I won't say it. Sarah, it was lovely to see you at the, at the school the other night. Nice to have you here growing up to be a lovely young lady. Mom and Dad are here. Brother Kyle, Sister Christina, God bless you. Welcome from the island. All right, let's turn to a stand if you don't mind. We'll go into the scripture. I've got a a number of of scriptures um, to cover. And um, obviously, (laughs) if we won't cover it all today, and uh, I won't get any more complaining for two-hour services. So, You know, it's a paradox. You preach an hour, you say, okay, I'm just going to wrap it up. Then you get out there and everybody says, why did you shut it down so early? You were just getting into it. Then you preach it two hours. What on earth were you thinking? <laughs> so somehow there's, a, there's something in the middle that we want to hit the target. And uh, I, I, I love the house of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. I, I was so bound up in the world and I thought that that was my enjoyment. But my enjoyment is Christ. Yeah. I love his people. And the scripture says, if you love God's children, you love God. And so with that, I thank God for each and every one of you that's in attendance. I trust that the word of God this morning will feed your soul, will help you, whether you be younger or older. Um, I'm a little bit um, intense. I don't know if some people notice that. But I'm, I'm in, if, if I was a wishy-washy type of person... I don't think I would be here. Um, but there might be some people that, no, and there's no wishy-washies here. Uh, it's just that I'm more probably um, earnest. I could say maybe a tad more than some, maybe a tad less than others. But forgive me if I get earnest, okay? Because there's a rapture to make, and you don't make it, you go to tribulation, and if, if you don't make it through the tribulation, I'm sorry, there's another place called hell. And, uh, you know, Brother Bram said at one place, he said, if you don't preach a clothesline religion, you're not preaching the gospel. So, there, and then there's times that you need to teach or break up the word, and other times you need to more or less preach. So I'll try and see if I can do a little bit of both. And... Uh, Brother Roy, lovely to see you in the front row. 
<laughs> I'm going to hear it more clearly this morning. Brother Roy's line is, preach it, brother. Amen. I love it. And God bless you for it. So let's, let's turn our Bibles, please, to Luke. Luke chapter 21. myself a new Bible, so my pages are a little tight. I'd like you to take a look at uh, Luke 21, we'll start reading at verse 20. And when you shall see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judah, Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them that are in the countries enter therein. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon his people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. You all right so far? Okay, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts will be failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when those things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Brother Milko. Nice to see you this morning. God bless you. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now... Shoot forth, ye see, and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh and at hand. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of life, and so that the day comes upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the earth and the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, pray always, that you will be counted. I want you to take a look at that word. We looked at it last week. That you'd be counted, what does it say? Worthy. Worthy. 
worthy. That is a tremendous word used throughout the scripture to be found worthy. You say you're not worthy. God calls you worthy. That is where Satan has uh, affected a lot of people's minds. Because you start to think, I'm so unworthy. Well, you were so worthy, he died for you. Brother Bram said, if he had to come to earth for one, he would come to earth for you to pay the price of redemption. So now we can rejoice this morning because by the word of God, count yourself worthy. Don't let your hearts be troubled for I've gone to prepare a place for who? You. To the predestinated, to the chosen of God. To those that have been in the very thoughts of God before the foundation of the world. So would you do me one favor? Just one favor. Turn to the person next to you and say, God bless you, Mr. or Sister or Brother Worthy. I know that's hard to do. Well, it's not bad for some because it's their wives, their children... There. Praise the Lord. Cole, you're worthy. Praise the Lord. You know, that little man on, uh, on the other night, he found a, a little ticket on the floor. And he, he took the time to try and find whose ticket it was. He didn't put it in his pocket. He's trying to find it. Whose is this? Is this yours, Brother Tom? Nope, not mine. He asked another brother. He said, nope, it's not mine. He says, why don't you just take it? <laughs> he took it. So God bless you. You may have your seats. Maybe at the end of the service we'll sing worthy, worthy of the lamb that was slain. It's weighing time. As we spoke last week, and this will be part three, I think, of, of we're going to be going into Daniel. So I, I've, I have a number of slides, which I hardly use slides, and, and you don't know how many slides I have in that computer up there that I've never used. I'm a non-slide user, but I make a lot of slides. <laughs> I said, one day I will use them. Well, maybe today I might try and use them. But I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to put up that first slide, please, if you wouldn't mind. I think we showed this the first service, three services ago. There you go. Head of gold. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 2, please. Daniel chapter 2. And it was in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherein the spirit was troubled, and he had this sleep. And so he had this dream in his sleep. We understand that very so we're going to try and cover a lot of land. I'm going to try and be Michael. He brought one book one time to the pulpit. He said, I want to be like my dad. Well, he's got a long ways to go. (laughs) 
So we understand in a dream, and those that have read their Bibles, if you haven't read your Bible, read Daniel chapter 2, and you'll, you'll catch up to where we're going. I trust I can break it down for you. But we understand that Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. And then it went down to the Medes of Persians, went down Greece, Rome, and then we go into the divided nations of the Catholicism and, the, and Protestantism. Let's go to the next slide, please. So there's the breakdown, and, and if, if you start to do your studies, I, a lot of times when you do your studies like this, you understand, stay with the message. Because everybody else is prodding, trying to give their idea of what the, this image was. They've got the head of gold, of course. It's known throughout the ages, I'd say in the 1800s, all the way down, and and we're not taking anything from anybody. Somebody says, well, you're stealing from Dr. Larkin. Uh, let me tell you, there was, it was there before Dr. Larkin. It was in the Bible. Okay? So here we go. We got your head of gold. You got your uh, shoulder and, and breast of silver. It goes down to bronze. It goes down to iron legs. And it breaks down to iron and clay. Right. Okay, next slide. This one I like. You know why I like it? Because there was a stone cut out of a mountain without hands that hit the kingdoms, whether it be head of gold, silver, bronze, iron, iron and clay. There had to be a come a time that we also have come to our end. Now, we can paint a nice church and make it rosy and preach nice sermons and attract people on a community level. That is not this church. We are under prophecy of now God taking a people by a message given to rapture them into the presence of God. And whether people understand that or not, the later it gets, the stranger it gets. You say, well, we had a prophet, and he's gone on to be with the Lord since 1965. Oh, you worship a dead prophet. No. We don't worship a dead prophet. We worship the God of the prophet. And that prophet was used to bring us back to, thus saith the Lord. I had a Jehovah's Witness knock on our uh, door the, yesterday, and I was studying, and, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm getting nicer. <laughs> Honestly, I was proud of myself. I said, hey, you took it easy on this guy. So he was a very nice man, and he comes up, and he says, ah, he says, can I, uh, how, have, have you thought of the book of Revelations lately? I said, as a matter of fact, I'm in Revelation right now. He says, no. I said, yes. He says, well, you know, and so it sort of broke away his thought because he might think that I might challenge him or something. So he says, have you found that the neighborhood, I'm knocking on everybody's door, and they don't want Jesus. I said, they might not want your Jesus. So I said, well, I thought you, I said, do you like the book of Revelation? I said, do you know the book of Revelation? Do you know Revelation chapter 3? He says, well, I said, the Bible actually says that in the last 
church age, they will be blind, miserable, naked, and don't know it. Oh, really? I said, yeah. He says, well, you know, you know your Bible. I said, well, I don't know if I know my Bible. I, I love the Lord Jesus. I said, but it's not the Jesus you know. Because you don't believe my Jesus is deity. You think of him as a person. I think of him as almighty God. He said, well, where do you, how do you get that? Well, I said, well, because I have a, what they call a King James Bible. Not a Jehovah's Witness Bible. And you just happen to take out of your Bible out of Colossians. Oh, he says, I, I said, the Bible says the fullness of the Godhead dwell bodily in Christ. He says, can you show me that? I said, yeah, sure. Can I run and get my Bible? And now he knew he's in trouble. So he said, well, that's, that's interesting. I said, well, it's more than interesting. I said, the scriptures are life. I said, I, said, I said, the problem with you is that you don't know what you're talking about. See, I told you it was being nice. He says, well, what are you talking about? I said, who's Jehovah? Well, Jehovah. I said, it's God, right? He said, yes. I said, God. The same God that led the children of Israel. Pillar of fire. God. Jehovah. God. Who did Paul mean? He says, well, I don't know. I said, let me help you. So I turned to Acts. I said, and Paul got knocked off his horse, and he saw a light. And he said, who art thou, capital L-O-R-D? Well, how come that's not capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D? I said, I don't know what your problem is, but my problem means that my, I don't have a problem. Capital L-O-R-D means Lord. Who art thou, Lord? And the answer was, <laughs> well, I think we got to go. Can you open the gate for me? <laughs> I have a gated house. So once you're in, you can't get out. <laughs> I said, I'll walk you to the gate. I'll let you. He said, my wife's on the other side. I said, okay, no problem. So we walked to the other side and he had a, uh, uh, you know, I had a good... He says, would you come into my house? I says, sure. I'll come to your house. I don't think you're prepared for me. <laughs> he said, well, maybe one time we could try that. I said, okay, try it. You know, I'll try it. Well, he doesn't give me an address, doesn't give me a phone number, doesn't give me anything. <laughs> yeah, I know how to get brushed off. But we're saying all that to say this. We that love the word have to see ourselves in the word we don't want to talk about the word we want to see what god's got in the word for us so jesus was giving them a prophecy jesus was letting them know that when you see these certain signs that was their warning and god always warns before judgment so God was given a warning. When you see these things take place. So we understand then that Titus came in, engulfed itself. Rome took around, got itself around uh, Jerusalem. 
and we know the horrific stories of what happened to the children. They ate their own babies. They did all these sort of things. But Jesus had warned them. But you have to remember, they had also said, let his blood be upon our children. So, you know, sometimes there's a lot of things in our lives are self-inflicted. But Josephus says not one believer that followed Jesus was caught in the city. I want to tell you something this morning. Not one believer that believes this message is going to be left out of the rapture. Amen. Because we've seen the signs and the times and we understand the events that are taking place. It's not a surprise. So it's not a surprise we get a little bit earnest with our children, realizing we don't want that to happen to them. We want them to get a rapture change. We want them to meet Jesus Christ. Christ of the word. Without Jesus Christ and being born again, you don't stand a chance. Not a chance. You must be born again. So we see these kingdoms. And every one of those kingdoms moved from gold to silver to bronze to iron to iron and clay. Each one had an ending. And each one had a beginning. Pre-warned. So was it a surprise that Darius, being then the king of Greece, was going to overthrow Belshazzar? And Brother Bram said, and so often, he says, that is a type of America. They feel too secure. They got the biggest armament. They feel like they're indestructible. And they had their parties and their drunken parties. And they let loose. Let's go to the next slide. Can you read that? I can't. Okay. Go back into the Old Testament, pick up Daniel's dream and show him the vision of the Gentile kingdoms. How he saw an image standing with the head of gold. Silver, thighs of brass, feet of legs of iron and clay. And he showed how every one of these kingdoms succeeded one another. And look at the head of gold, Babylon, Medes and Persians, Greeks, and Agamemnon. I got it right this time. If you can remember, I asked Michael, what was that battle that Darius had with uh, Medes and Persians versus the Greeks? So there's always a change over. So there's a kingdom and a kingdom ending, a kingdom coming, a kingdom ending. So we see that as the Gentile. Brother Bram said that was a sign of the Gentile kingdoms. And the head of gold was the beginning of it. And the feet of iron and clay was the end of it. And he said now that those feet were mixed. Well, I hope we get there. I think it goes there. He said the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire broke up into ten kingdoms. Eastern, West, Rome and so forth. And in there, there was iron and clay, and they couldn't mix together Protestant and Catholicism under the Gentile domination. And he said that even to try to break one another's power, they would intermarry one another just exactly what they're doing 
today. So that is why a prophet even says to our young people in the message Exodus, you do not marry an unbeliever. Okay? He says, why? They will want you to live their lifestyle. You said, well, I'm going to change them. There's only one person that can change them, and that will be the Lord Jesus himself. Next slide, please. And each one of these ten kingdoms that was to rise, there was iron and clay mixed together, and the iron came from the legs, which was Rome. There's a streak of Romanism mixed in every nation under heaven through the Catholic Church. That's exactly right. And they would not mix anywhere, and they intermarry among one another. The Bible said they would, and they look at them today, your boy, go with a Catholic girl, and when they get married, they promise to raise their children Catholic. See vice versa. See, to break the power of the other. Next slide, please. There are five eastern uh, nations gathered there. The five western nations. Khrushchev was a head, headed the eastern nations. So there were five eastern nations, and Khrushchev, Russia, was the head of those nations. Very, this is all past, and most those that have been believers for a long time know this already. There's some people that don't have a clue about it, but we're just covering some material here. Eisenhower headed the Western nations. There are two main leaders, the two big toes. Khrushchev in Russia means clay. Eisenhower in English means iron. We're at the end. Nobody on this planet put this together with Daniel. But at the beginning of the Gentile kingdoms, there was a prophet. And at the end of the Gentile kingdoms is a prophet. A prophet told them what's going to happen. And a prophet at the end said, this is what's happening. We're not interested in history. We're interested in a God of the present. Next slide. Khrushchev. Here he is at the United Nations with his shoe. What is the significance is that a prophet said he was a big toe. And the big toe took his shoe off, indicating he was in the foot. So then if there was five in the east in the foot, there's five in the west that were in the foot. But let me tell you, it doesn't stop there. There was a stone. Stay with me. There was a stone. There was a revelation. There was a word that was going to come and was going to strike the image. That stone is Christ. And that Christ struck your image. It broke down every kingdom Satan built in your life. You can see it in the spiritual. You can see it in the natural. But you got to see it in your own life. This message, this stone, this revelation. This word destroys Satan's kingdom. It's not a story. It's a prophecy. 
Don't you children think I'm giving you a little bit of history lesson here. We are in the striking of the image. Hallelujah. Okay, Brother Kenton, you know this. I preached this probably 20 years ago. I had a minister call me five years or ten years ago. Hey, can you give me that picture that you showed at the log church about Khrushchev and his shoe? I said, man, that was just before the old 8088s came out. I said, you'll have to do the research. I got it out of a Time magazine. But now you can get it on the internet. Check it out yourself. Hmm. Interesting that a prophet would let you know that this is the time we're living in and God was going to vindicate and show you you are living under prophecy. So we know then the changing of the kingdom became a weight because his grandson, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, was going to have a party. And then all of a sudden there was a hand that came down on the wall that said you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. But there nobody could read the sign. Nobody could read the writing. But it took a prophet. But hold it right there. There was somebody that wasn't invited to the party called a queen. Because he was going to destroy all the wise men because nobody could interpret the dream. She said, oh, king, live forever. Here comes the queen. There is a man in the kingdom that can tell you the writing on the wall. Amen, queen. There's a man in the kingdom called the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's here to interpret the signs that are in your newspapers. Oh, isn't it a glorious morning you woke up to? Huh? It's a glorious day. Hey, there's wars. Rumors of wars. Hey, how come I didn't get an amen? I got some head shakes. Hey, signs of the times. Didn't Jesus give the Israel signs to read? Scriptures were given. And you have to believe the scripture. Don't believe your preacher. Believe what the preacher's reading. Prophesying again. Saying what's already been spoken. Yes, a lovely morning. Having my coffee. Knowing that Ukraine is being bombed. Prophecy. I'm I'm not happy about that. Economic collapse. Oh, no, that brought a smile to everybody's face. How many banks have to start rolling and being crushed until finally you wake up one morning and you have no money? See, I... I I, I'm, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to get a, a, a thermometer that goes up and down. Hmm? Can you imagine 
all your, all, all your hard-earned money. Seized. Oh, they did it in Ottawa. And they were just honking horns. What a mockery around the world. And have a, a weak need prime minister. I'm not being political. I'm being correct here. Do you know that Ukraine's president was a drama teacher too? We just got drama all over the place. But here they are, politicians directing our lives. Really? We have a bunch of cars with a bunch of horns. Sure, I'm sure it rattled a lot of people's brains. But then bring in the War Measures Act? Pathetic. The states that have a little uprising, they just burn cities down. We are living in Satan's kingdom. No nation is better than any other nation. These kingdoms are passing away because there's another kingdom. Hallelujah. That's already been established in your earth. And it's going to cover the world. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This isn't deep prophecy, folks. This is just reading scripture. This isn't anything other than what you've known already. But I guess we'll just be a little bit of a a watchman, as we said the first service, on the tower to let you know I'm getting ready to go. No, it's not good. Just have a nice little church. Brother Bram said, I don't even want good meetings. He said, I want my church to cross over. That's what we want. We want to see a people ready, pressing the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God suffereth violence. Come on, stay with me. The kingdom of God suffereth what? And the violent. Take it by force. Satan. We put you under our feet. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen. It's already happening. Hallelujah. I don't want just church. I want a God that comes down amongst us, moves in our lives, changes people. Praise the Lord. We gave Sister Ramona, we gave God the glory for delivering our sister, doctor saying you're healed. We gave glory for Sister Violet's grandson who had a blood disorder and the doctor said there's not even a trace. We have Sister Tracy this morning that had a tumor, 15 pounds. God took that thing out. I don't want a God of history. I want a God that was with a prophet. That's why I love Glenn's testimony this morning. Daniel was by himself. 
You said, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there. Yep. Once they came out of the fire, Brother Branham said, they sent them throughout the kingdom. They stood by themselves for over 50 years. Wham, wham, wham. We can't get together. Ah, where's your stand? Where's your believing? Yep, I'm serious about what I believe. There's going to be a time, saints. We, hey, we had it at COVID. Couldn't even be together. Then we said, hey, once we're back together, we're going to raise the roof. Well, I'm not about to let us not raise the roof. I say, let's rejoice. Because we are going in a rapture. Hallelujah. Joseph's worried he's not going to get married. He's, uh, he's going to get married in August. Jackie might just make it. Huh? Could happen any time. I didn't hear an amen, Jack. <laughs> but it's real. It's real. Before we end this service, it'll be more real. Just think you and Jess will be walking through eternity together. Came out of eternity into time, going back to eternity. Don't tell me we don't believe a wonderful message. Hallelujah. Look at the hour. Economic collapse. Sodom manifesting like you've never seen. Sodom manifesting like you've never seen before. Having teachers tell us how to raise our children. That is a demon. They say, we know better what's better for the children than their parents. Saints, why isn't there an uprising? Because it's a demon power. People are now afraid to voice what they believe. No queer, transvestite, gay person. I don't care how society's morals drop. God has raised a standard. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard. Glory. Where's the standard in me? Where's the Christ in me? Where's that rock in me? Brother Rock, I never even thought of this service until right now. I'm going to name it Rock. (laughs) Glory! Why? Because we are built on the revelation. And nothing, as we heard on Wednesday night, is going to shake you. This was not William Branham's idea. This was the vessel that God used to speak through it. Hallelujah. Defund the police. Every crook must be... They got to be out there with their blacker. Defund the police. Defund the police. Are people idiotic? Have they lost their mind? They have in need. But I'd like to check out who are the guys that are protesting. 
I like to see their criminal record. <laughs> chaos. Of course, this world has to be in chaos. Because a prophet said the world's falling apart. It has to be in chaos. Because it's Satan's Eden. He's chaotic. People walk around like you are, looking lovely this morning, your Sunday best, looking normal. Love your children. Love what the word produces, but don't love what it takes to get it. But this isn't mind over matter. This is seed. Deep calling that came from almighty God. Bible says in Revelation 11, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Can I say forever and ever and ever? These kingdoms are passing away. Yeah. What an hour. What a time to believe to be living in, Ryan. What a glorious time. Your prophet called it the golden age. Because there's going to be a group of people that's going to catch the revelation of the seventh seal. What was the seventh seal, Brother Tom? Don't get quiet. Don't get quiet. What's the seventh seal? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. He'll come as a thief in the night. It's his coming. That's what he said in the souls that are in prison. It's his coming. And the Lord himself shall descend with a shout. And the voice of an archangel and the trump of God shall sound. We are in the coming of the Lord. We're under prophecy. Oh, but I got this to do tomorrow and I got to do that tomorrow. Saints of God, I've got one thing on my mind. I got heaven on my mind. Hey, what did they say to Martin Luther? What, what do you think about... What, what do you... Uh, you have a calendar have you got all your itinerary marked up he said no no he said I live for today and that day that's Martin Luther he said I live for this day and that day Mm -hmm. if Martin Luther can do it under justification what about a bride under this rapture anointing what are you living for this day and that day, at that day, you shall know I'm in the Father. Father's in me. I in you. You in me. I gave that to the Jehovah Witness man, and he says, what day is that? I said, this day. That scripture. Come on. I, uh, I don't know where my voice went, but maybe I'm a little loud. Sorry. I told you it was a little bit. So the seventh angel 
sounded. And there was a great voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and our Christ. And he shall reign. If he reigns, I reign. If he reigns, you reign. Hallelujah. He says in three witnesses, he says, then over in Revelation, it said, rejoice, all ye heaven and ye holy prophets, for the kingdom of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And as long as they're controlled by Satan, they got satanic thoughts, powers. They'll fight until Jesus come. But there be a stone hewed out of the mountain someday without hands that will break these world kingdoms in pieces. And they will come a kingdom out of there. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm a candidate of that kingdom. How about you? Are you glad? I'm a candidate of that kingdom. So here we were as we... I, I don't want to keep on referring, so just let me just pretend I didn't preach last week, okay? He said, since the Garden of Eden, the imbalance of mankind has been cockeyed in the scale. And we found out in the scriptures that God hates an imbalanced scale. It's an abomination. Is that right? So here's mankind on the scale with God. And no wonder it's all askewed. Because there was nothing man could do to even out the scales. To make you worthy. But then a prophet comes in this generation in a church age book. And says the worthy one, because there's only one worthy, turns to you. And calls you worthy through the blood. So when you step on God's scale, you're of even weight. You might as well rejoice. For 2,000 years, nobody could look on the book. Not worthy to look on the book. But when this word came... This word is Jesus Christ. And as you receive that word that bled for you, it gave you equal weight. And that's why you can say, whatever you say, whatever you say, Darren, come on, whatever you say, Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Wang time. People say, well, I'll, I'll take the message the way I want. You are being 
You can't take it the way you want. Remember when, when, when God showed Abraham the offering? Cut in half, cut in half, right? Abraham was asleep. Just remember, Abraham had nothing to do with this. The, the, uh, this is where all, remember, that's six, seven, eight services ago for three times. You go through that, but a white light came. He said that was the white light of God's presence. Came between the sacrifice. Between fallen man and heaven. God took on your sin. And he's looking for a, a matching piece. Chinese laundered ticket that has to match. Life of his life. Bone of his bone. Spirit of his spirit. Hallelujah. You can't get it any other way than his life in you. There's your quickening power. Hallelujah. Study it, he said, prayerfully. Study this prayerfully in the message called oneness. Study it prayerfully, carefully, and weigh it. He knows what he's talking about. Weigh it. Out in the balance of God's word. To see whether or not it be of God or not. Listen. Saints. How many in this church love the book of Job? That'd be a silly question. No, I don't. (laughs) Of course you do. Huh? But there was Job, stricken. Where's God in your life? Look what happened to you. Where's God in your life? God has a bigger plan. God has a much bigger plan. But he knew in Job he could not be moved. No man, no preacher, nobody. He said, I know in whom I have believed. I know my Redeemer liveth. I've offered my sacrifices. I'm on the ash heap. God has received my sacrifice. Then God came down, Abraham, in lightning, thundering. Then Job, rising off, Brother Bram said he saw a vision. And he says, I know my Redeemer. But in the Hebrew, that word Redeemer means vindicator. Go. So I know my vindicator liveth. I want you to say, I know know. my vindicator liveth. God vindicates his children. You say, well, I'll I'll take it the way I want to take it. Well, you're in big trouble. Like like one brother said to me, he said, I've got to go to Israel. Israel, I've got to bring this message to Israel. I said, how about if I take Daniel 70 weeks right here? And Brother Bram said, thus saith the Lord, stay out of Israel. So what, what, what you're taking is, can, can I just say, you just tear a page out. Well, that's like just taking this. That's why I said to the man yesterday, I said, how were you baptized anyways? Oh, that gets them real big time. Big time. Well, let's take what Jesus said. Oh, really? So then Peter was an, a terrible student. Terrible disciple, terrible apostle. 
Or did he have the keys of the kingdom and the revelation of who the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was? Well, I'll have to read on that. I said, yeah, you do. And you take it so innocently because 99% of us wouldn't have had a clue unless a prophet would have come and opened that to you. They wouldn't have had a clue to get out of Jerusalem unless a prophet had come. The God prophet said, when you see those things, get out of here. And when they saw it, not one was found. We see this message. And there's not one that sees this message is going to be left behind. But if you see it, you'll live it. If you live it, you'll love it. Yep. Not your idea of it. Not my idea of it. The minute you get my idea of it, boot me out. I don't want to have my own idea. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I hope you don't. I said to him, I said, trouble with you is, this is what I tell you. You take out a scripture. You don't believe scripture. And then you, then I said, can we just read the last book of the Bible and the last scripture where it says take one word, add one word? I said, aren't you afraid? It gets right squeaky. Gets real squeaky. Aren't you afraid? I remember listening to one of Brother Brown's messages, and they even typed the wrong word in. And I said, did it say that? I said, I don't think he would say it that way. Just one word. And so I played the tape, and the God that's in me knew that that was the wrong word. And that one word gave a whole different meaning. It's one thing to say the Son of Man is on the church. But it's better to say the Son of Man is in the church. (laughs) I'll let you chew on that one for a while. Well, it was just, it wasn't even a word change. It was one letter change. And whoever was transcribing it just missed a letter. But not one jot or tittle will fall. I'll just take it the way that it is. Really? Really? All right. He said, weigh it out in God's balance of his word. Weigh it out to see whether or not it's God or not. And then people still go ahead when they know it's not God. For I believe that that's the way we should always do. Weigh things out with the word. Let me ask you a question. I'll, I'll give you a good, I'll give you one. Accuse me of something. Just accuse me of something. Anything. Whatever pops in your head, accuse me. <laughs> Guilty of the charges. <laughs> but I have the blood. I'm getting better. Anything but speeding, Okay. <laughs> I'm going to buy a bicycle. (laughs) Try something else. 
at all. I mean, you know. Going to the movies. How dare you? <laughs> so now he's bringing an accusation against an elder. Woo! I, ha- I had him do that. He, he would never have done that. But we can hear accusation after accusation and still sit in the soup of accusation. Jot, tittle, one letter. Oh, but it, that doesn't really... Just a second here. Bible's Bible. You cannot bring an accusation unless you have... Unless you are a witness, you were there. Were you at that show too? <laughs> what were you doing there? Watching you. <laughs> That's why I asked Nathan. He's a good sport. So you understand what I'm saying? You can't take 98% of the word and throw away 2%. And, and churches go, and churches start, and churches go on. It does not matter. But as long as they're done on the word, good. If it's not on the word, bad. Because if you go off the barrel, the bullet, the longer it goes, the worse it gets. I've been around for 40-something, 70-some-odd years. I've seen a lot of bullets go out of the gun. And I've seen a lot of disasters down the road. You stay with the message. Balance yourself with the word. Study it prayerfully. Weigh it out. Always balance it out with thus saith the Lord. To see whether or not it's of God or not. For I believe that's the way we should always weigh things out with the word. We got graduation going on. They're going to weigh out what their whole career is going to be. What direction they're going to go. You're going to weigh things out. You're going to get into maybe a business that you didn't want to get into, and you want to weigh that one out. Well, I've already put two years in something I didn't want to be in. I got to weigh it out. I got to weigh it out. Who's my wife or who's my husband? You got to weigh. We've been weighing out things all our lives, but we don't take enough. We'd, we'd rather than swallow a soup with a fly in it. So thus, the scripture, as we said, out of Romans 5 and 10, for when we were enemies, enemies of God, you were an enemy of God. I was an enemy of God. Well, you were an enemy. We were to God an enemy, but by the death of his son, we were reconciled or we were restored. But you got to walk in the light as he is in the light for the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you from all your sins. So the bleeding word of Christ has to reconcile you. And to reconcile you is to be weighed equal. As Abraham was asleep, he could not do nothing. To balance the scale. The reconciliation isn't man to God, but God to man. We think, well, we're going to do something. We're going to do it by our works. You'll never be reconciled to God. 
But if God comes into your life, starts drawing you and calling you, what God is doing, he's trying to let you know, I've reconciled you, son. I'm going to put you on equal scale with me. And you'll be equal enough not now to not only look on the book, but to take it. Thousand years. Two thousand years. No one was able or worthy to look at the book. But until this generation, under this word, under this message, under this token, he made you worthy. So that you can not only look on the book, when that book is open, you can look on it. You had a prophet cleave off the mountain. Give you the revelation. Who Christ really is. So then there came an unequal exchange, but in God's eyes. He will take your sin and give you his life. You can't, get a, you can't get any richer. Can't get any truer. Any lovelier. Than the reconciliation of God to fallen sons and daughters of God. So now can I just add just a little bit more of the Greek to that reconciliation for you. Catalasso. You can look up Google, press it up, type it in. So this is how you say it, because that's what I do now. Because I have not a clue how to say it. I am not a Greek scholar. But I know one thing. If it's in the word, it would be in Greek. And that would give me a Greek answer. And how to say it. Fact check. <laughs> that's the reconciliation means it's a legal action. It's a legal transaction. You can do a lot of transactions and it not be legally right. But then when God reconciles you, your attorney, who is now your judge, who is the supreme one, says you are free. You are reconciled. And there's not one sin against you. That's why he can call you the virtuous, sinless bride of Jesus Christ. Because his reconciliation is a legal act. It's not a thought of a man. It's the thought of God. I'm reconciled to God. God reconciled me to him. Because of that exchange, I gave him my old tattered garments, and he gave me a robe of pure white. And that's why I rejoice today, because I had nothing to do with it. I was a bumpkin from Chilliwack, and then I became a bumpkin from Cloverdale. But then I found out we weren't bumpkins, Ken. We were sons of God. God saves bumpkins. Not pumpkins, bumpkins. 
So there he was, the supreme judge, showing he's the Alpha and Omega. Think about it. Alpha, Omega, the beginning, the end, reconciles you back to himself. You're mine, Margaret. No devil can get you. No trap can get you. Nothing can separate you. You might as well rejoice. No devil. No tribulation. No persecution. No false doctrine. Because it's a legal transaction. From the supreme judge. Showing he's Alpha Omega. Beginning and end. That's my identification. It's quickening power. Let's us see this coming. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming 5,000 years from now. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. People say, I believe in the coming. Where's your prophet? I was very, I was very, very, very honest with this gentleman. I said, if you believe that God's going to come back, which you think is God, I say it's Jesus. I said, where's your prophet? I said, because God works in continuity. You can't break the continuity of God. Everything God does is in continuity. He had a prophet bringing out Israel out of Egypt. There was a token message. He had the parting of the Red Sea. We know that there's a continuity of, of, of an exodus. So if there was a prophet in the first exodus, shouldn't there be a prophet in this exodus? God has a continuity with it. And people think they can play with it. My goodness, saints of God. Get there. Like I, uh, Murphy told me I used the word peanut brain. I think my dad always used to use that term. I mean, maybe that's where I got it from. But I don't care how smart you are. You could have a Rhodes Scholarship. You know what you mean to me? Nothing. Because all that is is still gray matter. You can't even make your last breath. God gives you your last breath. You can do nothing. And unless God reveals his word to you, you're nothing. People walk by Jesus. Said Messiah's coming. Walk by Jesus. Over 500 scriptures. Prophesying that Jesus was going to come. 500 scriptures. Prophesying Jesus was going to come. 500 scriptures. Jesus was going to come. One place it said 386 scriptures. Okay, he didn't find the other one. The other one didn't get the other one. But whatever it was, here comes Jesus fulfilling 385 scripture. And he walked right by him and they missed him. But a little woman at the well said, when the Messiah comes... I that speak to thee am he. He went around the world for 30 years, seven times. But somebody in Cloverdale, God sent his message. Hallelujah. Oh, they loved the first pull. They loved the second pull. But once the third pull came into manifestation, the opening of the word, it's too deep for me. Once you say the seventh seal... I get clouded up. Really? Without the seventh seal, there is no rapture. Without the opening of the book, there is no rapture. Without those seven thunders thundering out, 
I'm sorry, folks. Those are the divine mystery truths that were open to us. Do not ever be afraid of opening the seal book. Because, listen, who, how many read the church age book? Good, that's a good portion. So then you know the quote then, out of the church age came the seals. Out of the seals came the trumpets. Out of the trumpets came the vials. So God was opening up himself to let you know who you are in the word. It's, it's not a one plus one equals two. Brother Bram says you can't sit down and read it like a newspaper. You have to get it by revelation. And then he says in the church age book, it's to a special class. Ken and I were in a special class. No, we weren't? Okay. Not that kind of special. <laughs> you won't identify with that. So, yeah, I, I know I, and you're waiting for me to explain that. I won't. <laughs> Talk to Ken. But it's only revealed to a special class. Just remember, it's not how long you've been around this message. The 70 disciples that were around Jesus, they didn't get their gold star badge. But they still walked away. And then he turned to Peter and said, will you go also? Next slide, please. I know that one's bored you enough. So notice quickly these supernatural demons. Then under the auspices of the United Nations, united himself together the East and the West. You know the group of eight gathered this the group of seven. Seven. Then they said, well, you know what? We're going to leave an empty chair. I said, oh, you hypocrites. You're not the father of this nations, of America, leaving a chair for Christ. They didn't know which one to put in the chair. So I think they asked about 100 and some odd delegates to come from various nations. And I was going to list them out, but I wouldn't bore you. But 98%, if you look it up, maybe 95 Catholic nations are going to dictate your future. Not mine. Not mine. I have a stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. Amen. So now here a prophet says those are supernatural demons. And everybody's so proud that they work for the United Nations. Well, I'm sure hope that you were a believer filled with the Holy Ghost. Because you were going to fight demons every day. Supernatural ones. Now he says, just look like the right and the left foot of the image of Daniel saw. They wouldn't agree and mix with one another. And the word Eisenhower during the time Eisenhower. And we've gone through that. Next slide, please. That is called the, uh, what is it? Huh? Anybody know? Kids? Anybody? Young people? Ken? Thank you. Lady Justice. Where's the man? It just happens to be a lady. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not. 
one or the other here. But she's holding scales because they want their scales balanced in justice. So why is she blindfolded? Anybody know? Because they didn't want to be persuaded by how a person looks. They would not be impartial to a rich man, to a poor man. So justice is supposed to be blindfolded. You'll find some statues now, they're unblindfolded. Depends on what state you live in. And that tells me it's a crooked state. (laughs) And what's the sword in her hand for? Because if you're found guilty, she wasn't knighting them. was not knighting them. It's justice. On the scale of humanity, in their moral idea of man's civilization, let's put it that way then, that's what they strive for. Next slide. So the balanced scales represent impartiality. And the obligation of the law through representatives to weigh the evidence to present to the court each side of the legal case. Sword. Item symbolizes enforcement and some respect. I would too. It means justice stands by the decision and ruling and is able to take action. The fact that the sword is unsheathed, is very visible, is a sign that justice is transparent and not an implement of fear. It's double-edged. Blade signifies justice and can rule against either of the parties once the evidence have been pursued. Blindfold. Appearance on Lady Justice statue in the 16th century, modern time, blindfold to represent impartiality, objectivity of the law that it doesn't let outside factors such as politics, wealth, or fame influence its decision. Lies, lies, lies. They try, but the moral fabric is shot and gone. There's only one just court, and that's in the court of our Lord Jesus. I want a fair trial. Why do you think somebody commits a crime in California and gets judged in Maryland? They're trying to find a court of fair trial. Next slide, please. Well, if you want to turn the picture like this and look, you can probably see from the audience, it's Christ. His eyes look here just as perfect as it would be wearing the white wig of supreme deity, the judge of all heavens and earth. Can you see his eyes, his nose, his mouth? Just turn the picture this way. The way they had it this way, the way it's supposed to be, he is the supreme judge. There is none other but him. And this is the perfect identification, again, the vindication that this message is the truth. Amen. 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 They might have their court of justice. They might try and weigh out the scales evenly. They might say they are partial to true justice, but in itself, in Satan's Eden, it's corrupt. 
You can't even bring in certain evidence. The laws have so changed. You can't bring in past histories to show that, that they had been reformed or not reformed. Or It's just unjust. But one day, they will stand before the just judge. And God will indeed weigh out their lives. You're worried, I know, and so am I. Can I take a look at my watch? I got it at 11.30. So, can I, I, I would like to bring this quote to you, please. So that I, I quoted it, I think, a number of times over the years, but I'm going to read it. Sardisian Church Age. Brother Bram says, no, they are not like him. He is like them. They are like him. Even as John said, see, they see him as he is. For they are worthy. Do you realize who's saying this? It's Jesus, the worthy one himself. This is the only one who is accounted worthy to take the book out of the hand who sits upon the throne. And now this worthy one is saying to his saints, you are worthy. So you won't take the words of man, but please take a word from God through a prophet. God in this generation calls you worthy. Because you had to be called worthy because you weren't worthy outside of this word to look at the book. But because he called you worthy, not only can you look at the book, you can take the book and you can become the book. Never an age like this age. Never a time and never a message like this message. A false balance is an abomination as we said at the beginning. Your judgment over this message is an abomination if it's unequal. It has to be equal. But a just weight is his delight. We could spend the rest of the service just on scriptures from Deuteronomy all the way to the book of Revelation about scales and weights because to God it was very important. If you had stones that were unequally weighted, it was an abomination to God. An abomination is that you will not walk into the presence of God. When he says to a woman, you wear pants, that's an abomination. So now the word abomination, you'll find it in the beginning of the Bible. You'll find it at the end of the Bible. Abomination is an abomination. If I see a sister in a pair of pants, you better be sure I'm going to let her know when she comes to church the next day, I know she's not saved. People like to hide their convictions, hide their standard. But tell it like it is, saints. Ken was merciless on me. He says, I can't remember that. I was so kind to you. 
weren't you? I was, sure. But I needed it. He actually walked out on me. Can you imagine that? Let me give you a clue. I, I knew I had to be born again. I didn't know why I had to be born again. So he shows me in a scripture that I was born in sin, gave me serpent seed, and I, the light bulb went on me. I said, I'm as lost. I'm lost. You know what he did? He got up and walked out. I said, where are you going? He says, you figure it out. He probably doesn't remember that. I do. And yes, by the grace of God, if God gives you a revelation, it's a revelation to move you closer to God. So you weigh it out. What are my parents going to think? What are my aunties going to think? What are my brothers going to think? Well, they didn't think much. They wanted nothing to do with me. They didn't want to talk to me. I could never say the word Jesus in, in the presence of my oldest brother. I said, you say Jesus in front of me. I'm walking away out of your life. I said, well, if I can't say Jesus, I'm walking out of your life. One big happy family at church. You don't know what brothers and sisters go through to make what they are. Some of us have had some very hardships. But we were willing to weigh it out. My dad, who I loved, adored, was a wonderful man. Morally good man. Not a Christian. He did not think much of his third son at all. He thought I'd gone crazy. I'm in some cult or in some Jones, Jim Jones stuff. He says, as long as you don't drink any Kool-Aid. <laughs> I said, Dad, that's garbage. What I believe is nothing but the truth. It took everything out of my life, took sin out of my life, took unbelief out of my life. I love the Lord Jesus. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I love this message. I had to walk down the road. Somebody said, well, well how, how did you make out? I said, I walked down the road alone. Friends left, family left, everybody left. Walked alone. There's only two people that stood for me. Two friends I had, Ken and Linda. Didn't have anywhere to go. Lost everything. But Jesus came. I waited out. The word... Or my family. I'll take the word. I said to my mom, don't you have anything on a Sunday? Because they all into their little dinners and things like that. Uh, you know, dinners on Sunday. I said, don't you dare. Because I won't be there. Sunday is church. And I said, by the way, Wednesday's also church. Have it on a Saturday if you want. And I'll last five minutes, I'm sure. Not everybody, saints of God, not everybody weighs that out. But when my dad realized that Joanne and I, after we got married, could not have children, 
And God gave us Samuel. My dad's heart was turned. He realized that Tom was not just following something. It was a life of something. And he waited out three days before he passed away. He turned to my mom and said, Evelyn, I can only honor and respect the life that Tom and Joanne have lived before us. That's a long ways from getting out of the house. You weigh it out. And by weighing it out right, you get the right results. Weigh it out. Shall I say in closing? Brother Bram said in choosing a bride, he says, bear me record. Bear me record. Oh, God. If it would have happened tonight, I've told the truth. Thou knowest this vision of the bride is the truth. I took your name by it, Lord, and I have said, thus saith the Lord. And I feel that I'm conscious, Lord, of what I'm doing. So I pray thee, Lord, in Jesus' name, let the people shake themselves tonight. Flee from the wrath that is to come. For Ichabod is written over the doors and over the nations. A black check mark has come across it. The Spirit of God is grieved away from it. They have been weighed in the balances and are found wanting. The feast of King Nebuchadnezzar has repeated again with drunken parties, half-dressed women calling themselves Christians. That was in the 60s. My mom never wore pants until she washed the floor. Do they wash floors anymore? I don't know. But when she washed the floor, she put on these cut-off pedal pusher pants. But I never saw my mom get into a pants suit until I was in grade 12. That's the world. And look where she's gone now. Look where it's gone now. Look at the seed of it. I want you to, t- I'm, I'm just, just wanting you to just get a clear here. Because a lot of you didn't grow up in the 50s and the 60s. Actually, of course, there's always the risque. There's always the, that kind of society and that kind of people. You're always going to have that. But the morality of the moral people still morally tried to live a wholesome life. Seeds. I don't know which slide I'm going to ask you to go to here. Uh, the picture of uh, Belt, Belchazar. So here he is having his feast. Shocked. 
I know where in America has had their feasts. The 60s, easy living. Everybody was making money. Everybody's doing fine. Leave it the beaver was still on. Father's Knows Best was still there. My Three Sons was still on. Ah, but here comes I Love Lucy. Prophet hit nails that thing. The woman domineering over the man. But it was funny. But you thought it would be so innocent. You look at it today and you say, what was he preaching about? I take the word serious. If he said, I love Lucy, is garbage, it's garbage. Okay, let's go to slide 21. So prophet's on the scene. God's on the scene. So you have a, as I preached on before, you've got two, two dimensions here. You have the man in the three dimension and God coming out of another dimension. So you've got a two-dimensional picture here. God is being seen in a picture. God is using a vessel. Okay? So they both sold out. That's exactly right. The biggest deceiver I know of is Pat Boone. Brother Ken. We would think Pat Boone was as Mr. Innocent. Is that true? We're worldly, right? And we as worldly guys thought that was just too clean. And here's what a prophet's saying. This is what a prophet's saying about Pat Boone. Okay, I'll show you Pat Boone. Don't you worry. And all the rest of them. It shows the devil satisfying that of Hollywood. Listen, folks. Let me, can I help you in some way here? Even Hollywood's moving out of Hollywood. So why would you watch Hollywood? I just want to make a point. All the loyalty that you're spending on rascals like that, you ought to be giving the praise to Almighty God. For He is a jealous God. Next slide, please. And these people telling you Elvis Presley is nothing against the man, only he's a sinner. But I want to say something. He's religious because he sings songs on... Brother, here's my conception. There's one difference between Judas as a carrot and Elvis Presley. He was a Pentecostal boy. Judas is a carrot, got 30 pieces of silver. Elvis Presley got a fleet of Cadillacs and a million dollars. They both sold out. You listen to Elvis Presley sing Amazing Grace. I'll tell you what. That is an incredible voice. I don't want to shock. Maybe I've already used it or not. But I wanted to look up Only Believe. The author of Only Believe. I type in Only Believe. And you know what comes up? Elvis Presley singing, Only Believe. 
Woo! We're talking about a devil in blue suede shoes. And a lot of you young people don't, I'm sure you don't know who Elvis Presley is, right? You do? No? <laughs> okay. Um, Bieber? Anybody know a Justin Bieber around here? Is it Bieber or Bieber? Still a devil in. Still spirits. It's not the person. It's the demon that takes over the person. He sold out Cadillacs and a million dollars. They both sold out. That's exactly right. The biggest deceiver I know of. Here comes the scales. You would have thought it's pretty even here if you knew Pat Boone. Exactly right. If you listen to such stuff as that, it shows that's the devil satisfying of Hollywood. All the loyalty that you give, give it to Almighty God. Next slide. There's Pat Boone. Every mother here would say that would be the one I'd want my daughter to marry. You see that, God saw the seed. Whose balance do you want? Oh, he had four fine daughters and they sang religious songs and worldly songs. We know what the prophet said about him. Hey, boys, you should clean up your act. Maybe you should be looking that clean. I won't look at anybody. That looked pretty clean to me. Next, please. Oh. From 1955 to 1959, Boone had 41 hit records on the pop charts to Elvis's 40. I didn't even know they were in a race. I didn't even think they were on the same planet. But here's a prophet bringing them together and Pat Boone claiming he's a Christian. Deceiving the world. But their imbalanced scales is an abomination. You must take everything you think and say and filter it through God's filter. Period. Forty-one to forty. But while the two team pop idols battled it out on the music charts, they actually admired each other's music and developed a lasting friendship. Next. There's your clean cut. There's that spirit now manifesting. Are you getting this, people? You might think that people are fine and normal and nice, but unless they receive Christ, that spirit is laying there because they aren't of God. You see him up in the top corner there? You know who's on the right? Anybody know? I know, Ken, you know who I is, so don't, don't burst my bubble here. You don't know? Yeah, you know. 
Alice Cooper, a preacher's son. This was the awards for heavy metal. Hmm. You see how important it is to keep the balance of this message true? If he says, I love Lucy, out the window. Pat Boone, out the window. It's been already weighed. And so have you. You have been called worthy by the worthy one. Did I have a last one? Oh, that's it. A lot of things look innocent. Now, let me just help your mothers, musicians, to come. This is just a closing comment. You see something in your little children, and they start acting up a little bit disruptive, disobedient. If you don't deal with it in their younger age, you're going to have to deal with it in their older age. Deal with it when they're young. Because it's harder to deal with the older they get. A little pat on the posterior goes a long way when they're little. But when they're old, they just walk out. Oh, isn't that cute? Brother Bram said in one place, it's an Amorite spirit. Kill them all. Now that might sound really strong to whoever takes me out of context right now. But they did that in the Old Testament. Did you know what they did to a rebellious son in the Old Testament? They took him to the high priest, the priest, they judged him, they took him out in the field and they stoned him. That was just rebelling against daddy. Ah, but we don't read that part of the Bible. Read it all. Read your Bible and pray. It will give you a balanced scale. Put this message, absorb it, and take it into your heart. And let God do wonderful things within your life. He wants you to have a balanced scale. Because if you don't, it's an abomination in his sight. It does not matter how many scriptures or quotes I give you because I'm sure the priests of every little village spoke every prophecy that was to be prophesied of Messiah. Hundreds of years and thousands if not years went by before Messiah. And when Messiah came, who actually saw them? It doesn't matter how many services they were in. Only the elect. Brother Bram said in Who's This Melchizedek, only the predestinated see this. May God give you eyes salve to see this morning. I end this little, little series here. And may the Lord Jesus give you a balanced scale in your life and give you victory and give you joy. Let's stand to our feet. Thou art worthy. Thou.
It's called Countdown, and that's what we're counting down. He said, don't. Don't miss it, friends. Remember, listen at my voice. It will haunt you all your life. If you haven't got it in, out yonder, you'll suffer for your punishment. Weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. That voice will scream back and forth and you will hear it all the time in that weary, spooky place of hell. Don't fail. Now's your opportunity. Opportunity to what? To balance your scale. Maybe there's something in your life you want to say, Lord, I need that reconciliation of the blood of Christ. God, you're dealing with my soul, and I want my scales balanced. Sort of just let them go askew, but I want to be a true balance because an unjust balance is an abomination before God. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that says, I want my scale balanced, Father. Let me put your word first. Let it become the preeminence of my life. Heavenly Father, with heads bowed and hands raised, mine are raised. Father, we've come to the end of the Gentile dispensation. This rock has been rolling through Babylon. Lord Jesus, it's the end of time. Lord, we just want to be ready. We want to jump on that scale in your righteousness, in your righteousness alone. Father, whether it's what we're watching or what we're doing, what we're saying or how we're acting, Father, I just pray that you'll correct the imbalance. Lord, you'd be pleased in our rededication and consecration back to you this morning. 
I pray, Father God, you'll deal with every heart in life. Move us closer to this one that we love, this lovely Lord Jesus. Father, I just pray you'll go with your people. Maybe a little long again this morning. I pray, Lord, that you'll speak deeply to every heart. Your word's true, and we love your word. And so, Father, I pray that your grace will go before each and every one and that you will be so close to the youngest, to the oldest, that our lives will be more dedicated. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear the cry. From the onset of time, the
May your lives be so balanced. From, not that it wasn't. It's trying to help you adjust the scales a bit. May God bless you. Give you a wonderful afternoon. Brother Steve Brisson, Pastor Brisson, is going to be preaching on Wednesday night here. Yes, is pastor at one time, and now he's going to minister to us on Wednesday night. I, I've known Brother Steve since really he got saved, and now he's an old man. No, he's not. He's not. Don't tell you that I said that. But I'm sure you'll enjoy the Word of God on Wednesday night. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.